Blog Talk Radio. everybody and welcome to the Women of Golf show. I'm uh, Ted Odorico and right alongside of course is uh, Legends Tour player and LPJ professional Cindy Miller and we are the hosts of the show. Uh, good morning Cindy, welcome. Good morning Ted, how are you? Uh, I'm doing well for this Tuesday morning, uh, can't complain. Uh, we got a great show for you. Uh, we're going to talk a little bit about Cindy was at a Legends Tour slash Symmetra Tour event this past uh, weekend. We're going to talk about that in a few moments and then we're going to be joined a little bit later in, on in the show uh, by Shannon, and I believe it's uh, Niesler, uh, and I'm sure she'll correct me when she comes on. Uh, she's a member of LPGA as well as the president of uh, the Golf Academy at Sea, and we're going to talk to her in the second half of the show. But uh, let me just remind everybody real quick, Cindy, uh, that we are live every Tuesday mornings from 9 to 10 a.m. Eastern uh, Standard Time on blogtalkradio.com. Just go there to blogtalkradio.com, up in the search key, type Women of Golf, and that will take you to the uh, main page. And, of course, during the live broadcast, we're right there at the top. Uh, Otherwise, you scroll down into the on-demand section, and uh, if you're not able to join us during the live broadcast, and you can uh, listen to the recorded versions down there uh, in the archive section. Uh, Also, you can go to iTunes.com, and under Podcasts, type in, again, Women of Golf, and that will take you to the page there, and you can listen to those. Uh, if you're uh, an iTunes, uh, iTunes user as well. Uh, always love to hear from you. Uh, we would encourage you to call in anytime at uh, area code 347-945-5855. And you can certainly email your questions uh, to womenofgolf at gmail.com or if you have any comments uh, about the show. Uh, you can reach out to Cindy as well if you're interested. If you're somebody in the golf profession, whether you're, whether you're a player, teaching professional, or an entrepreneur in the golf industry, we would love to hear from you. Maybe you've written a great book uh, that uh, can help some of those uh, amateur golfers out there. We would love to hear from you as well. So reach out to Cindy at Cindy at CindyMillerGolf.com, and she will be more than happy to, uh, to arrange uh, an interview for you. Uh, you can also reach out to me as well. My email is Ted.GolfTalkLive at gmail.com. Uh, so, Cindy, let, let's – I know uh, – by the way, Cindy's on travels en route home, I believe, from, the, uh, from the, this weekend's tournament, which was actually sort of weekend slash first part of this week because it was Sunday and Monday, I believe, correct? Yes, we had a pro-am yesterday. It was great. Right. So tell us first off, what was the event? And as I mentioned in the, in the uh, intro, it was also a, another uh, event that was combined, not just with the Legends players, but also with some of the Symmetra Tour uh, players as well. So tell us a little bit about that first, and then uh, we'll get into uh, your pro-am and then also the tournament itself. The tournament was at the Links at Stony Point in Greenwood, South Carolina, to benefit women's health. And a man by the name of Jim Medford and his wife, Denise, purchased the course, and they have had a Symmetra Tour event there for three years, I believe. Mm -hmm. And um, so the Symmetra Tour, apparently, he met Cindy Rarick at the PGA show a couple years ago and said, you know, I'm going to do this Symmetra Tour event, and I would love to bring in some older, you know, women names and, and help raise the bar, I guess, of the tournament and the awareness for the name, the recognizable name. And right. so they had a pro-am only for the last couple of years, and then this year they decided to have a one-day shootout and a pro-am. And so the, the Symmetra Tour girls were playing in their tournament, and, you know, normal tournament, uh, $250,000 purse, which is their largest purse ever. And... I hate to tell you, but I forgot the girl's name from Sweden, who's won her second event, <laughs> and she won by, like, seven shots. Wow. And she's a tall, beautiful blonde that hits the ball from here to kingdom come. And i got to tell you, this golf course was so hard, so hard, and I, I did not play well at all. I pulled a couple of Jordan Spieth, 
Uh-huh. And uh, but I had a great time. I was glad to be invited, and the pro am was awesome. And they raised a lot of money for the women's house in Greenwood, South Carolina. And um, the legends, you know, we were there to help uh, raise more money yesterday with a lot of pro am people. So it was great. I had a great team. Yeah, and and I noticed, uh, Cindy, you know, last night when when I was getting ready for uh, you know for the show this morning. I noticed that you had some some great photos up on social media um, with respect to the program. So you got a chance to meet some great people. Uh, anyone uh, sort of stand out? Well, you know, it's funny. I I love playing in pro ams, and I thought about this when um, when I teed off. If you get in a mindset, you know, I'm no longer a tour player. I mean, I play a little bit, but I I don't really play. I, you know, I got brand right. new clubs from Callaway. I'm on their staff. I'm grateful and thankful. I had not used the hybrid. You know, I think I played nine holes with them before I left. So, again, we're talking about owning your game and, you know, hey, hello, look in the mirror. It's time to lower your expectations. <laughs> right. So it's funny. When I met my Pro-Am team, I walked up and I said, you know, what do you guys do? Because it was an older gentleman who owns a company, Chandler Construction. And he's got two locations, one in Greenwood, South Carolina, one in Charleston. And he had his two main guys that are probably going to take the business over after he retires. And uh, one of them was like 40-something, the other one was 20-something. So he goes, here's the next generation, and here's the generation after that. And I said, well, tell me what we do. And so he said, we do anything pipes underground. And I go, well, tell me more. And, And it was funny. He looked at me, and he goes, thank you so much for asking me about my business. Right. No one I've ever played with before has asked me so many questions. Thank you for caring. And I thought, wow, that's odd. Why would someone not ask him about his business? And and so I think it's just a different mindset when you go from playing on tour to helping people, you care more about the people than you do about your game. Right. So, well, you know, it, 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 I just found it really odd, and I and I had such a great time. This guy was the salt of the earth, and these two younger guys were awesome, and and it was just a really a great experience. You know, and that that's really a good testament too, Cindy. Uh, also, as well for for those that are maybe um, you know want to get out and play business golf in the sense that. You know, that's what you want to do. That's one of the advantages of of doing business out on the golf course is taking that opportunity to get to know one another. And and you just, you know, that's a great little infomercial right there, Cindy, that you did for for those women out there, particularly that might be tuning into the show that are kind of sitting on the fence and saying, well, you know, what's the benefit of really learning to play golf? But here's a great opportunity to get out there, learn the game, uh, have fun, of course, um, but also uh, commiserate, if you will, with some prospective business clients. And you just, like I said, you just did a great infomercial on how to do that. And to the point where the customer, if you will, and in this case, of course, it was just a playing partner, um, acknowledged the fact that you took an interest in his business. And that's just, a, uh, like I said, a great uh, testament to what you do. It's funny to me because it's, it's a, it shocks me that he said that. Um, right. So... The next thing I have to say is that one of the practice, I was hitting balls on the range, and there was this young little girl there, and um, she she had a Ohio State Buckeye, you know, Brutus mm. is his name, the head cover. And I go, hey, you went to Ohio State. And I said, you know, who are you? And she said, I'm, I'm a Jan Dowell. And I said, oh, I met you at the Renee Powell event a couple of years ago. Renee Powell does a program every year raising money for the – uh, Clearview Legacy Foundation in Canton, right. Ohio. And she goes, oh, yeah, I remember you. And I said, well, how are you doing? She goes, oh, I missed the pod. I go, how are you playing? I said, I saw your name somewhere. She goes, well, actually, I'm playing terrible, and I haven't made any cuts yet. And I said, well, you will, and don't worry, and blah, blah, blah. And, um, so I said, are you going to be playing in Rochester? Because Rochester, we don't have any more. The LPGA Championship is now the KPM. KPMG championship, and it's going to be in Seattle this year anyway. So she said, yeah, I'm going to be. And I said, well, give me a shout. I'll probably bring some of my kids over to practice, you know, to watch you guys practice and play and stuff. And I said, as a matter of fact, 
you know, <clears throat> speaking of Ohio State, I teach a young girl in eighth grade who's really committed herself to want to get better, and she comes in two or three times a week for a lesson. And I said, Therese Hessian, the head coach at Ohio State, um, has agreed to meet her. Hmm. So they're going to be down there in May, the end of May, and I said, can I take a picture with you? I'm going to text it to my little student here, who's in eighth grade, and say, hey, you know, here's somebody who went to Ohio State who's now playing on the semester tour, soon to be on the LPGA tour. So we did. And, and the funny thing is she said to me, you know what? I remember the clinic you did at Renee's event. And she said, the tour should have you teach us how to do clinics because the clinic you did was only about 10 minutes long. Right. I watched those people's eyes, and they were totally engaged because you touched each one of them. Mm-hmm. And, it, and it's funny, the lessons I learn sometimes are unexpected, right? And, and right. so she said, I think your generation learned how to handle people better. And I thought, wow, you're only like 22 or 23 years old, and I can't believe right. the wisdom coming out of your mouth, right? right. <laughs> and so I said, you know what, I'll reach out to the, the tournament director in Rochester for the semester tour event and see if we can do something with you guys. She said, that would really be great. I'd really appreciate it. So I thought that was really cool. So it's all about giving back and empowering and inspiring and mentoring those who are younger than you and are on a path that want to be and have what you have or do, which is cool. So I sent the picture out and I posted it to Addie and her sister Haley and said, hey, time to hit ball. Get out there and practice. So it was kind of fun. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, Cindy, she she does raise a, an interesting point, though, because and it is true, and and I and you know I've, I've always enjoyed giving you credit where credit is due, and and you are a great mentor uh, of the game as well, to especially to some of these young ladies that are up and coming, whether they're on the Smetra tour or whether they're some of your younger uh, students, a grade eight student, as you suggested. Um, but you know, she raises a valid point. Um, you know, a lot of the players today, male or female, they're all learning how to um, you know, play the game, how to get out there and, and be competitive. But, you know, a lot of them really aren't learning some of the things that, that you taught. And, she, and again, she made a very interesting point. You know, our generation, and I throw myself in there as well, we were taught differently. You know, we didn't have the social media. We didn't have all of this stuff when we were growing up. So we had to learn to develop communication skills a little bit differently than what they are today. And, you know, she hit it right on the head. You know, they don't know how to do that, and, and it's really up to our generation, and particularly you working with a lot of these young ladies, um, have a great opportunity, and I think you should definitely pursue that if, if that door opens up because I think they can learn a lot from what you have to, to teach, and it's not just about the game, but it's just how to put the pa- whole package together because you've played competitive, um, but you've also um, you know, taught a lot of students as well, and you know how to put all of that together. And I think that would be a great opportunity to uh, for some of these young ladies to learn um, from really a master in that area. And I'm not sure if it's um, it's the culture of being self-directed. Yeah. Instead of being, you know, it's like head down, keep walking, work on your game. You have your own team. You're protected. You know, I know they do media training with them, and I, I'm going to reach out to Mike Wan and Mike Nichols and Craig Chan from the LPGA and say, you know, what are you teaching these girls? I know they have to go through an initiation process when they qualify for the tour. But, mm-hmm. And I know that Mike Wan is one of his utmost number one things is to thank the person who's writing the check. So they're very aware of thanking the sponsors. But I'm not sure. sure if they're very aware of the people, and I think that's really important. And I think that, you know, they're all quietly, it's, it's almost like an introverted game to them, which is yeah. fine, but, but there needs to be balance. Well, when you're out on the golf course, that's fine. You know, you do have to be a little bit of an introvert because you've got to be able to focus mentally on what it is you're doing. But when you, you know, get off the golf course, as it were, 
then you have to be more of an extrovert. You know, Brett Lasky, who was the senior uh, media coordinator that was on our show last week, uh, and I don't recall the young lady's name, but he talked about one of the young ladies who was very, very shy, and it took uh, you know a while for them to get her to even be able to do media coverage just because she was not comfortable with it. And and you're right, I think they're they're doing a, a great job training them, um, you know, to thank the sponsors and to be able to have interviews with the media, but they're not really, I don't think, uh, and I could be wrong, but as engaging with, um, you know, the fans out there and, and other than on social media. And you're right, you know, their heads are down and they're sort of walking, you know, I, I, just on a side note here, you know, I was out this weekend um, at a restaurant, uh, Carol and I, my, my girlfriend Carol and I, and I think we were probably the only two in the whole restaurant that weren't sitting there with their cell phones in front of them with their heads down. We were actually having a conversation and I, at one point I, I looked around and I said, you don't realize we're the only two in the restaurant other than the, the servers and the, uh, you know, the uh, uh, waiting staff that were actually communicating in the whole restaurant. Nobody was talking. <laughs> and, I, and, and it is. And that's the culture that's, that's you know, coming out now is that they don't know how to communicate. Their communication is in very short sentences or, uh, and I'm not sure that the actual vernacular that you would call it, but very short text, uh, like the words aren't even words. They're just sort of abbreviations, if you will. And, you know, what you're doing, Cindy, with these students, and I hate to say this, is in, in the business world is fast becoming a lost art because a lot of the way things are going now with social media and other ways of communication, um, you know, a lot of these young up-and-comers are not going to be able to communicate. You know, it's interesting because, you know, Cindy, yourself and many of the others on the Legends Tour were all once players. Uh, some of them are still playing, of course, but many of them were once players on the LPJ Tour, but they've now sort of gravitated into the teaching end of things as well, to, as you said, to give back. And it makes me wonder, what are some of these young up-and-comers now that are on the Smetra and even on the LPJ Tour as they transition later in their life um, from a player to maybe uh, a, a coach or teaching? How are they going to be communicating with some of the, the younger players that are going to be in, in their position now uh, at that time? You know, I don't know. I and, don't know. You know, th- this really is, is something, uh, I think, an op- a real opportunity, Cindy, for, for you to spearhead this with the tour, because I think it's extremely important that, uh, as, as the young lady that you talked to this weekend pointed out, you know, you, you had everybody engage in a 10 minute um, scenario. So if, if, you know, it, it's not like you had to be there for an hour or two hours, it was a short, um, you know, clinic, but you had everybody's attention. And I guarantee you, you weren't there flipping your, your phone and, and tapping, you know, on the screen. You were there communicating with, with the, uh, the, the audience. And that's literally what's needed, I think, for a lot of these young ladies. I think you're right. I think you're totally right. And, and, Absolutely and that's, right. You know, because and, – and just to, again, to go back to that point I talked about, the gentleman that you were playing with uh, in your pro-am, you know, he, he thanked you for actually asking him – questions and taking an interest in his business so that tells me right there and he was certainly no spring chicken um you know that tells me right there that he's been in other events that people are not communicating with them and that's a that's an, an issue that really needs to be addressed why are they not communicating yeah you know either yeah either they don't care or they're self-aware and don't you know they're right. not paying attention Right, and, and and golf is not you know g- golf is certainly an individual sport. Um, you know, there's obviously certain events that uh, you might have playing partners and things like that. But for the most part, it is an individual event. But that doesn't mean that you don't communicate um, at, at some point th- throughout your round. Obviously, if you're in the heat of of of, uh, of battle, so to speak, you know you you have to uh, you know sort of focus on the on the tasks at hand. But in between shots, you still need to be able to communicate because you have to have fun. If you're not having fun, you're going to fizzle out of this game very, very quickly. I can guarantee it. Um, You know, Cindy, something else, too. um, You know, you mentioned about that, um, you know, that you did uh, play. Well, I guess the Symmetra Tour actually had the tournament and then a lot of the legends played in the Pro-Am and that. Tell us just very quickly some of the areas that you struggled with a little bit this weekend, and maybe some of the listeners can can get some pointers from that. 
You know, it's funny. Um, I don't hit the ball that far, and I was paired with two people who kill it. And so I knew that ahead of time, and I said, okay, don't let that bother you. And it didn't. It really didn't. And I pounded a couple, and I was within 10 yards of them. On the other hand, there were times when they were 50 yards ahead of me. And I asked them, I said, hey, did the girls on the LPGA Tour hit it that much further than you? Because it's like, oh, wow. You know, (laughs) and and I'm 60 years old, and the two I was playing with are at least five, maybe eight years younger than me, maybe ten. Anyway, so the point being is, you know, again, realistic expectations. But what I found was I... I, there was one where I was up first, and I, I rushed, and it was a par four long dog leg left that was 205 to carry the water against the wind, so there's no way I'm carrying the water. And I, right in the middle again, it was a joint speech. In the middle of my back, I was like, oh, my God, bailout. So I hit it way right under a tree, you know, made bogey. And then on the next hole, I was going for it. Now, again, it's a one-day shootout, so... And the only, everybody, if you're not in the top four, everybody makes the same money. So somebody could beat you by eight shots, and you make the same amount of money. So it really is a shootout. Go for it. Don't care what you shoot, right? Right. So I I went for it, and there was probably a 10-yard area where you could, you got to carry this bunker, and it was a par five. And I bailed out, and I hit it out of bounds. I mean, I had eight penalty shots on this day. And I don't ever have penalty shots. Now, the golf course was very hard, and the greens were impossible, and I'd only played one practice round. So are those my excuses? No. But would I play it differently? Yes. So I guess for me, I have to take the time and be committed to the decision that I'm making before I step up to get ready to play. And I need to be more realistic in my risk-taking. And then I think my third lesson was trust. You've got to trust what you're doing. So the good news is what I'm working on is definitely working on. The bad news is I'm not ready. (laughs) Right. (laughs) So, so again, it's it's looking in the mirror and saying, you know, and here's the other thing. If if I'm not going to take the time to practice, then don't go out and play, you know. And I'm, you know, given 70 lessons a week, there's not enough time to hit balls to compete at that level. And and to be honest with you, there's only two people on the Legends Tour that are teaching golf. Everybody else is just retired. Right. <laughs> right. Stevenson has her own wine company, which we should be on the show uh, because she's doing great I'm getting you're you're break yeah you're breaking up a little bit Cindy I'm not sure if you're driving through a bad area so um, I'll talk for a moment or two and and then um, hopefully we'll be able to uh, to pick you up again your 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 line uh, is breaking up just a little bit um, you know uh, just to add to what Cindy's talking about you know she raises a, a really another very valuable point um, obviously her her part of her um, you know, contra- contribution to golf now really is is on the teaching side. She spends, as she said, 70 lessons a week. So it doesn't afford her a lot of time um, to be able to play and practice as she should. And this raises an interesting, uh, again, point, if you will, for a lot of you amateurs out there. You know, if you want to improve in this game, you have to be willing to make a, a reasonable commitment. That doesn't mean you have to be out there every single day. You know, if you're not... Uh, aspiring to play on the on the LPJ tour or Symmetra tour or or any tour for that matter, then you certainly don't need to be out there every single day and you know and and grinding it out there as many of these young players do and 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 players out in the Legends tour and LPJ. But if you do want to improve, you have to make a reasonable commitment and you have to have reasonable expectations uh, of of what you want to accomplish. You need to know what first off, as Cindy always says. You know, why are you there? What's your purpose? You know, are you wanting to, to play competitive golf or do you just want to go out there and maybe do well at a corporate event? So you need to, to go through that assessment first as to why you're there. 
and you know and then really what you need to do is you need to sort of put together a game plan and the best person really to do that is you know your local teaching professional get in touch with them reach out to them um, and and say look this is what I, I want to be able to do this is what I'm looking to do it's not all about fixing the slice and uh, the hook or whatever the case happens to be you know it's about getting a game plan put together and if you're not sure what to do this is where the professional can really help you put uh, and formulate a game plan uh, and get you on the right track and it's not just all about giving lessons it's about putting that idea together and saying okay what's the end goal and how do we get there? And that professional is going to help you along the way. Correct, Cindy? Absolutely. Can you can you hear me? Am I still breaking yeah. up? No, you're you're fine now. No, I think you probably it sounded like you were driving through a tunnel or something there. It just got a little well, bit choppy. Well, we were going but, through the we're in the mountains in West Virginia, so. Uh, well, there you go. That that explains it. But but no, and, and you know what I'm talking about, Cindy. You know, there's just a lot of people out there that that you know want to play better golf, but they don't know how to go about doing it. And I think partially out of embarrassment maybe they're afraid to to say you know when they're talking with the professional because they look at the professional as as you know up here and you know professionals had to learn uh the game as well they i think the average amateur out there forgets that that you know we all had to learn the game as well and go through these processes that we're talking about here and uh, as you do and and you know as you point out just a moment ago you know, you're not playing at the same level that you did, you know, 20 years ago. So you have to make adjustments in your game. And if you want to continue to play, then you have to make, a, you know, a new commitment, if you will, of practice and so forth. And if not, well, then, you know, it's going to be get uh, become more challenging. Because if you're not practicing and out there working on the game itself, uh, it's very difficult to compete, correct? Absolutely. Absolutely. Or, or to compete at the level that you think you're at. Sure. I mean, again, it's, it's a reality check. You need to look in the mirror. And and the good news is that, you know, if Jordan Spieth can mess up and not pay attention to what he's doing, you know, that, it's probably a blessing that that happened and he was right. that much exposed to the world because, you know, now it's like, oh, yeah, he did it. It's okay. Get over it. Don't be so hard on yourself and learn a lesson and move on. I mean, Ariana Jusanagan or whatever her name is that just won the tournament this week, I didn't get to see her, but I, we have witnessed this girl gag and choke and blow it multiple times. Yeah. But she didn't quit. You know, so you have to learn the lesson, and you have to be there enough times to learn the lesson to stop protecting and continue to pursue until you win the tournament. Same thing with James Hahn. You know, so that's what the beautiful thing about golf is. You can always get better, and it's never too late to get better. It doesn't matter how old you are, if you're willing to look in the mirror. Right. And and you're right. That that was a great opportunity for amateurs to really see, um, you know, with, with Jordan as an example, particularly for the men, that even some of the best players out there, you know, two-time Masters winner, you know, uh, multiple tour, uh, you know, or multiple, um, you know, tournament winner can mess up as well and have a really bad, uh, you know, f- few holes and, and hit some really, you know, pretty crappy shots. It's okay. You know, it doesn't mean that he's a failure. It just means that he is human and is going to make mistakes along the way. Um, the trick is, of course, what he learns from that mistake. And, you know, as long as he's not beating him up, uh, beating himself up for the next six months, um, you know, he's going to come out unscathed. And, and he'll learn from that process and know what he needs to do differently the next time. But you know what? Sometimes stuff happens. You know, sometimes you're out there and the rounds are going great, and then all of a sudden you get up on a hole that maybe doesn't fit your eye as well, and you, you know, put together a, a bad hole, and, and you go to the next hole, and that's, that image is still in your mind, and maybe you put together two bad holes. Um, but the great thing is that if you allow yourself to learn from those experiences then it better prepares you for the next time that you're out in the golf course or the next few holes to be able to regroup and focus on what it is that you need to do. And, um, Absolutely. you know, and that's what, that's what we're here for. That's why you need to reach out, uh, you know, to your, your, uh, golf professional and, and let us help you, uh, you know, again, put together that game plan and, and help you achieve the goals that you want. You know, you need to decide what goals you want, um, and, and where you want to be and how you want to fit into uh, your your style of play, and then we can sort of help 
you know, tailor that package, if you will, or that, uh, you know, that, that group of lessons or what have you uh, to be able to reach uh, and achieve those goals. But it takes a commitment on your part as well. All right, so I see our guest is, is uh, ready, and, and I, I'm going to apologize in advance, and this is my own fault. I'm not 100% sure I'm going to pronounce her name uh, correctly, but I, I'll, I'll make sure uh, I get her to correct it when we're on. Uh, our very special guest is uh, Shannon, and I believe it's Niesler. Uh, she's known internationally as the bio golf coach, and she is an LPGA member and the president of uh, the Golf Academy at Sea, and she's going to be joining us here in just a second as soon as I get through this. Uh, it, uh, as I said, she's also internationally known as the bio golf coach and is helping to bring excitement into the game of golf uh, with the use of biomechanics, uh, kinesiology, physics, and metaphysical techniques, uh, which is designed, of course, to enhance all golf games with the easiest and most approachable natural body type uh, way to learn the game and have fun, which we're all about is having fun. She has been tagged by the industry as your anatomy uh, expert on golf, and because of her continuous efforts to share the insights of how uh, your body type is unique and should be valued uh, when learning this great game of golf. So let's bring uh, Shannon out, and uh, hopefully I got that correct, and uh, we'll talk a little golf. Good morning. Hello. Good morning. Good morning, Cindy. Good morning, Ted. And, uh, Ted, you almost had it right. It's actually uh, Nisler. You did pretty I, good, you know though. What? I, I, I said to Cindy off air, I said, I hope I don't blow this i i was either thinking it was going to be niesler or nisler my apologies um and i knew you were you would correct me once you came on but oh, thank you for joining I, this morning well thank you it took me a while once i met my husband i was like um very difficult name thank you very much <laughs> now thank you um now shannon let me just start off uh before we get to, in, into uh the your academy and that Give just a little more. I mean, we've got all the information here and that, but just in your own words, tell us a little bit about your background, um, how you sort of got into golf, when you got into golf, and, and sort of a, a brief cap, if you will, of your journey through this game to where you are now. Sure. Yeah, thanks. I, I ended up playing a lot of sports as a kid, and quite a few, so much that by the age of 13, my knees were actually so swollen because they weren't growing correctly. They were being abused by soccer, basketball, horse riding, ballet. Uh, And so parents sat me down at the kitchen table and had said, okay, we need to discover something that's going to be less difficult on your knees. And my dad had suggested golf, and he had been a golfer, not a, a, a fantastic golfer, but a golfer. And I jokingly said, are you kidding me? That old man's sport? <laughs> you know, uh-huh. um, it was just, it was almost insulting not to be on a team. I didn't even really think through all that. But I ended up uh, having a natural swing. I won my first tournament three weeks after, after touching the club. Now, don't, you know, get too excited about that because it really only was in West Texas, um, just outside of Lubbock, Texas. So it wasn't a huge town, but the trophy that I was given was about six times larger than the typical uh, team trophies that had come through. <laughs> and uh, when they put you on the front page of a small paper, hey, that was fun. I'll go do that again. And and that's how sort of my career of golf started out. By the age of 16, I knew that's just exactly what I wanted to do. Uh, played NCAA golf and then went on to uh, try the tour. Did not do as well. Uh, swing was great mentally, just didn't have a great mental game, was not polished in that area. And then um, fell straight into teaching only after a car accident, which mm. shifted my entire life. I had uh, been driving, uh, visiting parents again uh, after I was on the uh, playing some golf and went home and uh, was driving north on I-27 uh, at about 65 miles an hour on a very, very uh, rainy October morning and hit um, a steer, a 2,000-pound a um, steer that had been crossing the interstate, four lanes of interstate, 128 head of cattle were crossing. And uh, I arrived on the scene only after a semi had jackknifed off to the side and hit nine. And the ninth was limping over. Eight were underneath the bed of his vehicle or his semi. And um, he lost his wife. He lost his legs. And I was uh, I was definitely pushed in the vehicle and crushed. And my spine and my shoulders and my, and my ankles and everything had just kind of crushed. 
So it took me two years of therapy uh, to really work that out. I had a great help down in, in Florida, and, um, and, and it was just, it was really scary. I, I was told I'd never play golf again, ended up playing golf not only great again, but fell in love with the process that, um, that there, I had to relearn the swing. At once having a natural swing and then secondly having to come back and actually learn it. It was, um, it was so humbling because I had had maybe a little bit of an egotistical, cocky attitude as a kid that this game is so easy. And then right. um, to have to come back and, you know, redo it. So that led me into teaching and a heart for teaching. And, and um, then that led me into teaching around the world. I've been through uh, 82 countries teaching. And a lot of that has been as a speaker um, and I took these same techniques that took me out of therapy and passed them forward to many people. My my specialty is really ages 55 and older. So that's uh, that's it in a nutshell. Wow. Wow. Uh, that, that, I'm totally that's an, yeah, that's an incredible story. And, and, you know, the interesting part is, you know, not only did you go through, you know, that, that tragic uh, circumstance – but you came back and with with a lot of determination and grit, I'm sure, um, you know, were able to go and, and basically retrain yourself to be able to come out and play. As you said, you had a natural swing very early on in life, which was, you know, very lucky. Um, but now you had to learn it from a different uh, approach, if you will. And that's not an easy task to learn the golf swing, period. But to come through um, some of the challenges that I'm sure you had to face at the time is no easy feat. And, and that uh, goes a lot to say about your character. Well, thank you. Yeah, it was. There was a lot of support around me, but um, I just couldn't face the dream of not continuing to play golf after I had to decide. Had decided that at 16, and then to have it crushed in my 20s, and um, and then have to come back, uh, even so much to compete again. Um, I'm just really grateful that I had the support and opportunity to do that. Uh, that's really what who really deserves the credit is you've got a team of people that believe in you and and I, I that's what probably today is most influential in what I do and how I teach is I do believe in relationship I do believe in um, teaching is is a is uh, interesting because there's just as much coaching as there is teaching there's just as much support and uh, cheerleading as there is teaching and it's very important to to express that to the ones that are uh, relying their trust into us. And that's what um, that's where I feel like maybe I, I I've been blessed to have that extra gift now is just to understand relationally how important it was for me to have support. So we you know we learn it's definitely our journey that takes us into paths that uh, uh, get us where we're going and and so it's led me around the country to be able to talk these stories. That's fantastic, Cindy. Let me how just uh, Cindy. I, sorry, job. go ahead. I just- one sec. How did you? Yep. Or did, I was going to talk about the golf at sea. What are you going to talk about, Ted? Do you have a question? I was just going to ask her. Uh, yeah, I was just going to ask her a real quick question, just based on something you and I talked about. Um, you know about the communications part. You know, Cindy. Uh, you know, played an event this weekend with the Legends and the Symmetra Tour, and one of the young uh, women from the Symmetra Tour. You know, complimented Cindy about the fact that she, you know, does these great clinics and and so forth. And, you know, obviously you see it as well. Communications is a big part of, of teaching. What do you see and, and what do you think needs to be changed in order to get sort of the breaking the cycle of the social media that's sort of taken over a lot of the younger generation? And, and yeah, continue. I heard you talking about that earlier. The, the one thing I, I, that kind of came to mind for me is that um, we just need time to, to – you know, get trust it's really all about trust because trust is where people really want to open up social media is still um it it doesn't allow for a transparency that is needed in in not only um a coaching or teaching situation to a student but the student needs the transparency for themselves and they need that to know that that trust is there so that they can become transparent because look, this game will rip you into two (laughs) if you're not truly honest with where you're at. And um, so to me, uh, that trust and and transparency comes with, uh, with time and relationship. Well said. Um, Cindy, go ahead. I just wanted to get her thought on that. Go ahead, Cindy. 
I totally agree, Shannon. Uh, tell us how you got involved with Golf at Sea and what you do and where you go and how people can go with you and give us all the scoop on that. Sure. I had uh, some fortunate uh, line of experience after the accident to be able to uh, do some small segments on uh, Fox Sports and then briefly on the Golf Channel, and it allowed me to be seen by Crystal Cruises. So I had received a call from them saying, hey, would you like to come speak on Crystal Cruises, be one of our uh, speakers for uh, for what we do in our golf pro- program, and I was like, well, how do you play golf on a ship? This just confuses me. <laughs> yeah. um, very confused, but I realized it's more, again, about the, the the lecturing and the relationship, so I fell in love with the process, and that's been 15 years. Well, we've branched out now because of just so many people asking to be a part of the process at Golf Academy at Sea uh, that we've been able to to launch our um, fully our entire program to exclusively be on Crystal Cruises and have the support and be partnered with Crystal Cruises. And this is Travel and Leisure's world best um, cruise line in their midsize category. In fact, they've been ranked um, higher than any hotel, any resort in history. And they are, um, they're not as well-known because they are on the high elite luxury travel end. So what we are doing with Golf Academy at Sea is pairing golf, instruction, and cruising all together at these different destinations all around the world. What makes Crystal unique is they do not stay uh, route to route, for instance, um, Miami to Miami. They are always moving around the world and, um, and constantly finding new destinations to to be at and what we're doing at golf academy at sea is pairing fine destinations that we believe is great golf destinations a lot of that comes with my experience now 15 years with seeing the world and playing around the world not only with crystal but also doing uh, just speaking and so we're now able to take that and move it to people that really enjoy luxury cruising but really want to help their game. Specifically, this demographic works very well to the 40-plus the, um, to you know 60-plus uh, age group and demographic. And uh, we're pairing our instruction to that because I believe that there is definitely a difference in our swing as we age. We, we slow down. Sure. There are changes that we need to make. And uh, we're not pushing for heavy instruction changes, but we're helping – the the guests that are coming on to our Golf Academy at Sea program to understand, hey, look, there's boundaries that you want to be able to, to find in your swing, and we're going to help you find those boundaries so that when you get home, you'll be able to work with your instructor on these boundaries. And, um, and uh, we're just enjoying golf at great destinations. In fact, coming up in November, we're sailing um, here off the state side, which is unusual because Crystal is usually all around the world, but it made it a nice uh, a nice kickoff for for a uh, uh, a fall winter program. So San Diego to San Diego, we'll be playing Torrey Pines, Pelican Hill, TPC Harding Park, and then heading down to Ensenada, Mexico, to play Barjamar Resort there. So, and that's a ten day. Um, that's a 10-day voyage, which is just fun. Uh, it's all-inclusive wow. with Crystal, and that, that's the same with us. We believe in a, a five-star program matching the five-star that Crystal's doing. So you're, when, you, when you're ready to go on a golf academy at sea, be prepared. Your doorbell will ring. You'll be receiving a new nice carry golf bag that's going to be logoed with your name on it and the golf academy at sea logo. We can keep track of all the clubs. It's actually quite small group um, that we're taking out, and then I'm, the, the people that are coming are, are instructors that uh, are being, to me, certified to the level that we believe, which is relationship level and also uh, educational instructional level. Wow. Mm. That's awesome. I like, yeah, I like that. Let me know Let if me you ask, need help. <laughs> yeah, 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 Cindy, I'm ready to talk, definitely. <laughs> <laughs> we could do the personality behavior assessments and all kinds of stuff. That'd be great. Well, I can, and that's the thing for listening pros is it's very important for them to understand that uh, if they're able to to recruit, you know, between ten and sixteen people, they not only get a free cruise that includes air, 
Uh, I even have a, a small stipend for them to be able to earn something while they're away, knowing that that's, uh, that's part of their income that they're giving up, but that they're getting a free cruise. I mean, these cruises are not inexpensive. They are, you know, a non-cruiser uh, that's an, I'm sorry, a non-golfer is going to be paying for a basic room, which the rooms are, there's never inside cabins, uh, is about 3800 So wow. these are, uh, these are well-off cruises and, and they are, they are, really presenting a brand and a luxury type of travel that's that sets it apart from anything else you've ever had uh, before and the reason i say that is if most people have cruised a, a particular line that's well known that same size tonnage of ship they'll be packing on three thousand people whereas crystal will take that same size tonnage and only pack in 980 so the room is so much more spacious. You get great lectures aboard. Uh, everything from, um, you know, those that those that want to be on golf or with me as a golfer are here, and we golf and we have uh, instruction actually on board with our instructors. But uh, we also get off and play and enjoy that. And then finally, those that do not play golf uh, have a series of things they can choose from everything from a Berlitz type of language class German if we happen to be in Germany um, or Spanish and then paint classes uh, Yamaha keyboard it just goes on and on the, the list of things and the co- uh, the list of complimentary items that come with crystal the all-inclusive is truly all-inclusive so it's, wow. it's just let me ask you how many students do you typically have on one cruise we're we're capping it out about 40. We don't really want more than that. Um, we really prefer that that 28 to 32, 34 mark, and it makes it nice because, uh, like for instance, Cindy, for yourself, if you happen to bring out, you know, a group of um, of 12 people, it's important that you're feeling that connection. You're, this is why I'm a believer in relationship: is that you are not only coming out. You're getting to connect with your students on a 10-day voyage. Not all of them are 10-day, by the way, but I was just taking that San Diego voyage, for example. Mm. You're getting to spend time with them at dinner. You're getting to know them on a personal level. And you talk about the value of that personal relationship. Uh, They trust you then from there on out because why? You've experienced something with them that is absolutely uh, beyond anything you can describe. Absolutely. Absolutely. So, so Shannon, let me ask you, sort of a t- uh, just give us like a typical, or in this particular case, what would generally be the itinerary for for your group? Then, what kind of how do you start things off? And and obviously, you've got some great courses in here as well. But how does it generally go? Is there a certain uh, amount of time during the day that you would uh, line up for for uh, the academy portion, and then you go out to play, or how does it work? Right. So on the days at sea, which do happen, um, it depends on each voyage and how many days at sea there are. But for the days at sea, we do have about a two-hour program that happens late in the afternoon after most all the lectures are done or if you wanted to spend time by the pool and now it's time to come listen to your golf and get your golf uh, in golf game getting uh, more, how am I trying to say this, just a little bit more specific to each individual player, then that two and a half hours is dedicated towards late in the afternoon only on the day at sea. But that instruction is now done for that day. There's no other, no other instruction. It's actually happening on the ship where there are dedicated nets and dedicated putting green. Uh, and this is really less about how much you swing. This is not pounding balls on a range and seeing how much you, you have to change. It's really creating a mental attitude of change and helping people absorb, which I'm a believer of. You really need to be educated first before you're going to try to make a change. And in that education, especially with our pros, if it's, say, for instance, you, Cindy, I would value the fact that what you're doing is you you and, say, another pro are bringing out, you and two other pros are bringing out your groups of 10 to 12, and what you're bringing to the table and what you present to the entire group during that instructional time is so valuable because it adds another perspective that, say, their pro hadn't heard or listened to. And it's not that I'm making – we're not doing big theory changes. I'm really just a believer that we've got to uh, present um, the kind of instructional attitude that allows for people to improve in these small steps, especially 
based on this demographic and obviously the price of price line of this cruise, you're typically not going to find the 25 year old there. You know, you're going to find right. somebody who's like I said that that has the 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 uh, means to and the wherewithal to to kind of enjoy that luxury uh, type of travel. So uh, that's the instructional piece. It happens on the days at sea. If on the days that we actually go play, like say for instance, Torrey Pines, I'm leaving that up to the instructor. If they feel like they need to get involved in that group or help someone out in that group as we're playing along at Torrey Pines, so be it. You're there to help your people. And um, and that's one element of it. Now, we do have many other people signing up for our cruise that are not related to a pro, so I'm keeping a, a staff of, of instructors, too, that, that are trusted to uh, what we want and what we're trying to desire to help our, uh, our clients and make sure that they're, they're getting a, a consistent feel between our onboard instructors that I call on when, when we have um, an excess of people. Is there is there a um, uh, when you talk about some of the pros that might be interested in getting involved? Obviously, you want to make sure that they're qualified. But is there a vetting process for that? That things that specific things you're looking for? I mean, obviously, if they're uh, a teacher professional or golf professional, they've they've gotten certain credentials. But is there your own sort of vetting process? And if so, what is it? Yeah, I definitely do need you know the qualifications there to help know that they understand teaching in a, in a general form. But I do want to uh, – the vetting process for this is I do want to have personal interviews with them, and then also they do go through a training process that's uh, done online with us, really emphasizing the fact that they are representing um, Crystal and they're representing the brand, and that's an experience. So um, I, 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 the vetting process is that I want uh, instructors that, like, a, like me, believe – and can understand and sort of go through these webinars of of uh, relationship and the value of that relationship. So I'm not making it totally where, you know, it has to be you have to teach a certain method to come out. Not at all. Uh, I just, I'm just a believer that we are, that, that the client is coming out to experience something they've desired maybe to do for a lifetime, or maybe this is something uh, that they would like to do more often. We just need a consistent feel that they are being loved and adored and taken care of 100%, and I want those instructors to know that uh, they're there to, to serve, but also to enjoy themselves. I, after so many people, they also can bring their spouse, and I cover that as well. That's all covered. So um, I want them to enjoy and have a great time, but I also want them to know that they're there to um, – to be there for their for their members. Now, do do you also during uh, and I'm talking about the the, um, the the players, if you will, or the individuals that are coming to take part in the academy? Um, do you get into other things besides just the physical part of the game? Do you in some of the discussions? Do you in some of your your sessions? Do you talk about um, sort of the mental aspect and the emotional parts of the game to help them understand how to handle themselves out in the golf course? Is it including some of that as well in, in some of your academy uh, teachings? Yes, yes, Ted, absolutely. We have a manual that comes that, that each uh, guest does receive, the, the uh, mental game. I mean, I've, I've looked at some of your past speakers, John, with Golf Psych, and, uh, you know, there's other methods of mental improvement, and I'm open for any of those to be uh, the instructors that get to come on board, we're, we have just a format. We have mental, we have physical, we have emotional. We have, um, you know, even some rules and just some things that need to be updated for especially you would be surprised. There are people that still don't even understand uh, ball flight technology or the basic uh, ball flight laws. And um, those are some of the things that are involved in our manual that anybody that has been certified, I know, through the LPGA, has had to uh, go through their multiple levels of right. being sure that they understand Paul Flight laws. Those are basics. But you'd be shocked how many people have played for over 30 years and still had no idea of Paul Flight laws. But there is a, there is a manual. It's not, it's not in a huge academy manual. It's just something they can bring with them. Uh, they can fill it out, or they can just leave it in their room and then go look at it later. We're not making this so academy uh, deep that it pushes people away. We're just making it to where 
They get a little touch of what they need, and they're getting mm. some enjoyment from their crews. They're getting enjoyment from their golf, and they're spending time with their pro. Um, and uh, so it's a fine balance between all of those elements. And does obviously, each you... trip, let me just ask a question. Does each yep. trip typically have pros who bring their members? Or... Yes. Okay, so mostly it is professionals that contact you that say, hey, I have a group of people that want to go do this. Yes. Yes. Perfect. Wow. And, and obviously, just going back to what you were saying, Shannon, uh, and all I was going to interject was saying, ultimately, you want the, you don't want them to feel like it's a regimented program. You want them to have fun uh, is is the first and foremost. Yeah, I mean, fun is what it's all about. If 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 we can't create it, you said it earlier. If we can't create an uh, and I, you know, with the the young students, as I've seen it too often. If it becomes a grind. Actually, you lose the learning process. Debbie Cruz is well known for explaining that. Um, but you, we've got to keep it lighthearted enough that they 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 have a buy-in. They need a buy-in that okay, I'm, it's okay that I'm aging. I can change this and this, but I don't need to rehaul my swing to become someone else. And um, and I'm I'm just an absolute um, respecter of persons when it comes to the pro bringing out their clients or their members because they've been working with these individuals for so long. The last thing that, uh, you know, they want to do is add depth of deep, deep instruction. Um, sure. You know, on a cruise line where all of a sudden we have, we have uh, you know, people that are trying to enjoy their meal or go out for a nice little cocktail later. So that's, that's one of those aspects that, that's uh, – for us, just we're just having a great time with it. I am having a blast with this, and being able to do this all these years, but now to be able to take out groups and members, oh, it's just divine. <laughs> it's awesome. The, the perfect that's job. That's great. Yeah. yeah. Um, you can tell Shannon, you're so passionate about it. That's awesome. Shannon, <laughs> tell, tell the, the folks listening to the show, uh, number one, if they're interested in, in this uh, upcoming San Diego uh, trip or, or uh, also the professionals, where do they go to learn more information uh, to either sign up or, or just inquire about it? Where can they go? Absolutely. Our website is Golf Academy at Sea. So you have a golf, a little bit of instruction, Academy at Sea.com, uh, Academy at Sea.com, and uh, there you'll find all sorts of information. We have more voyages than just the San Diego. I have a Miami round right. trip that's going out in in, in uh, January, and many more coming up in 17, 2017. But uh, the main thing is, is they can call the 1-800 number there. They can call. Um, you'll see uh, contact information there. Just call, and we can get. You, they'll direct you to me. I do have a team of people that are uh, behind the scenes working. So we have uh, the rest of our better half in. Santa Barbara, California, doing the bookings, and uh, and we're working closely with Crystal, so they are they're providing extra benefits and oftentimes even extra deep discounts that uh, because they're believing so much in in what we're doing, they've never had really anybody uh, partner with them on something like this before, where it's specifically just uh, a sport element which is golf to cruising. So we're we're in a good spot. <laughs> yeah, you've got a you've got a great partnership there, and you're also all over social media as well. You can find uh, Golf Academy at Sea on Facebook, uh, Instagram. Uh, you can find it, and also uh, on Twitter as well. So look at all those different uh, social media. You can find out what's happening, and of course, go to the website www.golfacademyatsea.com. And yes, and it's S E A by the way. Um, Shannon Neisler, thank you very much uh, for joining us this morning. Uh, certainly very interesting what you're doing, and I'm sure you're going to be getting a, a call from Cindy probably any day now to learn more Cindy, about Cindy, uh, please. <laughs> on board there. And, and I, I've got a few ideas of my own here that I'm going to talk to Cindy about, and, and we'll, we'll be in touch. But, um, Shannon, thank you very much. Continue uh, doing the great work, and, and we'd love to have you come back on again and and uh, maybe share with some of the people that have been on it uh, a little bit about their experience. I think that would be fun and interesting for the audience as well to hear um, some of those that have taken the, the trips, um, what they thought of the experience and what they took away from it. So um, we'll keep that in mind for future shows. 
Well, thank you both for having me on, Cindy and Ted. I appreciate it so very much and look forward to uh, hearing from you guys and anybody else that uh, wants to come enjoy a cruise. <laughs> thank Sounds you, Sharon. Have a great day. Thank you. Bye-bye. All right. Bye-bye. Well, wow, that's uh, that. That's very interesting. I, I like that. I think kind of an interesting concept um, that that they've got, and obviously it's it's very successful. And and uh, matching up, as she said, with Crystal Cruises, which is a is a premium uh, organization, and uh, it sounds like they're having a lot of fun. Um, and we have a lot of fun doing this every every Tuesday morning, bringing this show to you, the Women of Golf Show. And on behalf of Cindy Miller and myself, I'm Ted Odorico, and we uh, we look forward to uh, entertaining you next week with some interesting guests and uh, um, and some interesting discussion about a game that we both uh, like to have fun doing, and that's uh, the game of golf. So join us next week here on BlogTalkRadio.com from 9 to 10 a.m. Eastern Standard Time here on the Women of Golf Show. God bless everybody, and thank you very much for tuning in. Cindy, have a great week. You too, Kat. Thanks. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.